church. Open our ears that we may hear what your spirit has to say to the church. Give our pastor preaching power yes, yes, yes. and preaching permission yes. that preaching may be done. And in the end thereof, God will be mindful to give you all the glory and give you all the praise. In the name of our Christ, our risen Savior, all the church agreed and said amen, amen and amen. Can we give God some praise for that praise team? Thank you, praise team. Thank you, musicians. Grace and joy to you, beloved. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here on the Lord's Day on this, our resurrection Sunday morning. If you have small children or youth, we have a wonderful program for them in the Family Life Center next door. You can be dismissed at this time. I don't want them to miss the wonderful treats that we have for them. Thank you so very much. Our text today is a very familiar passage of scripture from the gospel according to John. John chapter 20 verses 11 through 18. I want to welcome our visitors to the New Beginnings Community Baptist Church. We are an expository teaching and preaching church. And that means, beloved, we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible. Amen? Amen. Books and chapters at a time. Family? And our text this morning will be on the screen for you, or you're free to boot up your iPhones or look on with your neighbor as we study this passage. John chapter 20, 11 through verse 18. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, 
Because they've taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they've laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. And amen goes right there. And she didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him. And I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni. Which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father. And to my God. And your God. Mary Magdalene came and she told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. And all God's people said amen Amen. and amen. Going to attack this message today on Resurrection Sunday. Mary's moment with the master. Mary's moment with the master. Family, is resurrection morning. And the tomb is empty. And it's time to celebrate what the Lord has done for you and for me. So as we come to this passage today, we eagerly run to the place where the evidence remains that Jesus did conquer death. He did conquer hell. And he did conquer the grave. But at the time of this text, that was not the story for many. You see, the very first person to see him and the very first person to the empty tomb didn't see our story that way. No, when Mary came up on the scene, she saw that event with a whole different worldview. See, Mary, when she got there, she didn't expect the tomb to be empty like you and I do every year at this time. No, when she got there, she expected to find Jesus still dead, still dressed in the grave clothes that she put on him. But instead of all of that, uh, she expected things to be in order like she left it. You see, her world had been turned upside down. Her world was in crisis. And in her world, she doesn't know where she needs to turn. Can I say some more? Today's text is teaching me about the difficulty of following Christ in discouraging times. Can I say some more? It also reveals to me, beloved, that weeping may endure for a night. Look at somebody and tell them, but joy. It'll come in the morning. Our sister in this season is in what I call, Reverend Ed, a season of doubt. A season of dismay. A season of discouragement. But God, he doesn't leave her there. 
in her time of spiritual drought. Amen. Let me explain. In our text today, the sorrow of Mary has been increased. You see, the body of the Lord was missing. And our sister is upset and she has chaos running in her mind. And there are three things we can learn today from Sister Mary. Somebody holler three things. Let's look at Mary's situation, Mary's Savior, and Mary's salutation. Mary's situation, Mary's Savior, and Mary's salutation. Look at verse 11 with me. It'll be on the screen as we walk through the text. The Bible says, but Mary, she stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. Y'all see that there? And she saw two angels in white, one sitting at the head and one sitting at the feet where she had left the body. And then they said to her, these angels, woman, why are you weeping? Can I unpack this for you? Beloved, when we come to this portion of our story, Mary is first of all distraught. She's crying. She's disturbed. She's what I call down and out. Have you ever been to the cemetery? Have you ever been at the funeral? Come on, talk to me. Y'all know that feeling, right? She goes there to finish embalming the body, but when she gets there, brother Jeff, the body is gone. Now that'll make you feel some kind of way. Sorrow has her in what I call, Jesse, a headlock. She feels like she's been victimized and the grave robbers have come and got her. Y'all know grave robbers? Back then, they would jack the body at the cemetery when the family was gone. So her situation is not good. She, she's grieving because first of all, she saw him brutally murdered. She's grieving because she saw the flock get disbanded. She's grieving because her hopes and her aspirations for the movement that Christ has started, Reverend Zuniga has now been terminated. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And with all that is happening around her, now she goes to try to take care of the body, and the body is gone. I hope y'all are looking at the picture with me. Secondly, she's grieving because she told the disciples what happened, and none of them came to the tomb with her. I just dropped something right there. I said the men who were closest to Jesus, right, who were supposed to be the road dogs to the wheels fell off. They missed it in action. Come on, ladies. You know how that man can be. And now she all alone at the tomb trying to figure this out because the men then gave up and went home. I just dropped something right there. And this is where our text picks up. Y'all gonna help me preach today? Now wait a minute. Y'all know preaching ain't a spectator sport. 
you got to talk to me. If you, you give me something, you'll get something out of it. Amen. When she comes to the tomb, notice that this ain't her first time coming to the tomb. This is her second time coming to the tomb. And when, notice this. When she bends down and looks in, but Tommy, she sees two men in there. But notice, Carmen, she's not alarmed. She ain't shocked. She's not afraid of their presence. She's not bewildered by them being there. And she don't even appear to be thrown off. Why? I believe that Mary is not distracted by the divine presence of the angels. And she's not distracted because she's distracted by the situations of life. Y'all catch that? The angels didn't throw her off because she was already thrown off. See, the divine don't bother her because the earthly got her disturbed. The divine don't bother her because she's been blinded by the temporal. See, the divine don't bother her because the carnal has her incarcerated. She, she, she can't see the supernatural because the natural has caused her eyes to be dim. Can I turn the light on? Mary's situation has given heaven a chance to intervene. But even when heaven's trying to speak to her, earth is speaking louder. Can I say some more? God's trying to get her attention to tell her everything's going to be all right. But she too focused on earthly stuff. That she ain't got eyes, KD, to see that God is talking to you, girl. I feel like preaching today. Mary's situation is like what God does in our life. God is always speaking to you in the midst of your sorrow. Can I say some more? See, earth got a way of messing with you. Earth, earth and your problems have a way of taking you off of what God wants to see. God wants you to see. Are you with me here? And if you're not careful, the situations that you're wrestling with, the problems that you are incurring will make you think God don't care. God always cares. And God is everywhere all the time. And the question is, well, God, where are you? The question is, what's wrong with your eyes? Am I in here now? The Bible says that the angel spoke to her. She's bending down. Nicole, she's looking in the tomb. She see the body's gone. And she see two men. They ain't jacking them. They sitting there with the body. And they asked her a question, woman. Why are you weeping? Did y'all see that there? Now notice this here. First of all, when heaven speaks to her, they speak giving to her what I call is the position of authority. Let me explain. One sitting at the head of the body and one sitting at the feet of the body. The only time the angels in heaven 
sitting like that. The last time we saw them, they was at something that was called the mercy seat. Yes, yeah. Bible students, come go with me. In the Old Testament, there was this thing that was like a coffin. And on top of the coffin, it was overlaid with gold. And inside of the coffin was the Ten Commandments, a bowl of manna, are you with me here? And a long rod that was the high priest, it was called Aaron's rod. And whenever Israel went into battle or went into worship, they had to carry the Ark of the Covenant, this coffin. And on the top of that coffin were two angels. One at the head and one at the foot. And they were facing each other. And it was said to be or called the mercy seat. The place where God met with his people. Come go with me now to Jerusalem. Inside the tomb, there's a new mercy seat. And these two angels now are sitting in the place of authority. Mercy has been given because death has been conquered. Sin has lost its grip because Jesus defeated it on Friday. Are you with me here? Mary's looking at brand new mercies and don't even know what she's seeing. Y'all in here? I say she's looking at brand new mercies. It's a new morning, Nicole. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. But earth has got her so messed up, she don't even know she's looking at brand new mercies. So the angels have to speak. Woman, why are you weeping? Isn't that powerful? Well, look at this text. It reminds me that every now and then in the life of the believer, God, he has to, my brothers and sisters, allow heaven to minister to us in our dark moments of life. See, it's in those times of depression and in those times of darkness and doubt where trials and tribulations, they grip us. But that's when God speaks the loudest. Did y'all catch me right there? He's speaking. He, he has a way of revealing himself. To his, but guess what I learned from this passage, brother preachers? Mary missed it. Yes, yes, yes. She missed God's voice, Mother Cindy. Why? Because she had a thought in her mind that there was no way she could solve this crisis. Mary missed it. Even when she had a sign. That everything was going to be all right in front of her. Mary missed it. Even when she had a sign that God had all power of heaven and earth in his hand. Look at the text, woman. Why are you weeping? Verse 13. She said to them. She don't even know who she's talking to. I'm weeping because they have. You should circle that in your Bible. They've taken away my Lord. And... I do not know where they've laid him. Can I unpack that? Notice this. The angels asked Mary a question so that she may examine her thoughts, her emotions, and her feelings. Can I tell you, your feelings will mislead you. Your emotions 
will take you places in your crisis and in your trauma you don't want to go. Can I say some more? She replied, they, 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 those people. What people, Mary? I don't know. Those people. They. They, they. Look at somebody and tell them they. They did something to me. Okay, here I come now. Mary missed the question because she was focused on somebody else. I wouldn't be in this trouble, but they did this to me. Y'all with me here? They the reason. Destiny, why my life is like it is. They the reason why I can't get ahead as a man. A black man, a brown man, a white man. They the reason. You too focused on they, you can't see the miracle of the new mercies that's in your life. You want to blame somebody else. And you don't even know who they is. I'm talking to somebody. I just don't know if you're listening. Can I say some more? Somebody here today has missed the divine question and invitation because you think somebody else has done something to you. Somebody here today is allowing the they crowd to keep you upset, keep you confused, keep you bewildered, keep you discouraged and depressed. When God is trying to reveal his power to you over all your troubles. Can I say some more? If I were you, beloved, I wouldn't let the they crowd have that kind of power over me. Lean in here for a moment, y'all. I know you might not come back next week. But don't give nobody that kind of power over you. Well, they can rock your world, rock your children's world. And then you pass on to your kids some drama talking about they. Now, can't nobody move ahead because we all arrested by the they crowd. And you don't even know where they live at. Y'all in here? I were you. I wouldn't let the they crowd. Have that power over me. Amen. I'm a new creature in Christ. Amen. Old things have passed away. Amen. All else has become brand new. Amen. The angels tried to tell her. Are y'all in here with me? Yeah, y'all making me work up here. Well, why wouldn't I do that? Why, why wouldn't I do that? Because Mary's situation had already been spoken to by God. When she showed up at the tomb, he had already spoke to her situation. But because she was listening and feeling with her emotions that the they crowd, she was not even able to see what God had already tried to reveal to her. All right, we've looked at Mary's situation. Let me show you now Mary's Savior. Verse 14. If you got it, somebody holler, I got it. Verse 14 says, now... When she had said this, talk back to the angels, she turned around. Remember, she was bending down looking in. She turned around and she saw Jesus there, the one she was looking for. 
And guess what? She did not know. It was Jesus. Y'all see that there? And then Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? That's the same thing the angel said. But then he asked one more question, Reuben, who are you seeking? When you come to this portion of the story, you get to see what I call is another divine interaction on behalf of heaven. See, God is trying to get Mary's attention. God is trying to break through into her thought process. He used angels that was dressed up in white. And they didn't even open her eyes. And now Jesus himself comes down and speaks with her. And she don't even know his voice. Can I say some more? She, she, she sees Jesus, but she don't recognize him. She sees Jesus, but she can't identify with his words. She sees Jesus, but she can't quite tell who he is. And the reason, Mother Ross, she can't tell who he is because confusion, dismay, discouragement, doubt, fear, and trouble have collapsed on the mind. Okay, okay, I see some of y'all looking. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in those shoes? Have you ever had a hard time understanding what God was doing? Or what God was saying? Have you ever been bewildered, alone, weeping, distraught, can't get a word from God? Let me tell you something. God never moves. He don't relocate like we do. He always speaks. You just can't let those outside external things rob you from hearing the voice of God. Okay, let me say this. It might make you feel better. Mary can't see the Savior, but he's got eyes on her. I'm in the book. Mary can't see the Master, but the Master shall see her. Mary can't see the healer, but he's right there in her presence. He's in the ready position, Zuniga, to engage and take away her trouble. Oh, if she only had eyes for Jesus. Look look at what the Bible did. John, right in this passage, he said, Wilson, she thought he was the gardener. Right. (laughs) Talk about a mistaken identity. And so she talks to him in gardener language. Sir, if you've carried him away, just tell me what you're talking. And I'll go get him myself. Now I ask myself a question. Why would the gardener roll away the tomb? (laughs) Take the body out of the tomb when he's taking care of the outside of the tomb. Now logically it don't make sense. But can I argue right here? That's what your emotions will do to you. I saw my lady's daughter stay in here with me now. Come on, daughter, stay with me. 
You know, your emotions will take you up the street, around the corner, and on 168. And you don't have no idea how you got away out there. Your emotions. Come on, say amen. I leave you alone. I leave you alone. Well, emotions is like that. How you think this stuff ain't even happening? <laughs> you just imagine. That's what happened. <laughs> I can go some more on that. <laughs> so the gardener is jacking people now. <laughs> I wrote myself a note, Roy. She thinks that Jesus is mowing lawns now. <laughs> Cause him the gardener. Warren Wisby talking to me in this text, he says, Wilson, Jesus asked her the same questions the angels did. <coughs> Why are you weeping? Which lets you know heaven was into what she was going through. Yeah. Right? And not only that, he asked a second question, and who are you looking for? He was not there present when she asked the angel, or when she, uh, uh, yeah, when she first came and the angels respond, but Jesus assumes and he knows she's looking for him. Yes. So he gives her an invitation to tell her, I'm the one you're looking for. But she don't answer the question. She goes off talking about the gardener. And I want to jump right in that passage if I could and say, Mary, daughter, daughter, listen to the 21st century preacher. Daughter, this ain't the gardener. Uh-uh. Daughter, this is not the grave caretaker. Daughter, this is the Messiah. This is the one you're looking for. The Bible has to say, says to her that Jesus has to call her by name. Stay with me, y'all. He says, Mary. And that's the exclamation point right there. Right? He says it with authority. He says to pull her away from her emotional rant. Right? Mary. And then the Bible says she turned. Y'all catch that right there? Oh God, that piece is loaded. See, whenever he calls you in the midst of your distraught and dismay, you got to turn. You got to turn from your emotional draw and the way you've been thinking to turn back to what you know is true. When she hears his voice, she knows his voice. Can I argue why? He said, my sheep hear my voice. And when he calls her by name, she responds to her name. What a divine summit. What a unique and what a powerful tender moment. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. Jesus will always show up in your crisis and deal tenderly with you. He ain't like us. I'm going to wait till somebody come along with it. You know how we do. Then you go crying again. We can be cold. Come on, talk to me. Am I right, ladies? Come on. We can be cold how we deal with somebody. Who's in stress? But Jesus is tender. Yes, he is. Oh, God. If, if I didn't have a Savior, I'd want him just because he's tender. Yes. 
know how to deal with you when you're at the bottom of life circumstances. Are you with me? He ain't like us. He ain't like mama. He ain't like daddy. He ain't like your coach, your high school counselor. He ain't like your best friends. He's tender with you. In the midst of your darkness and your despair, he's a tender savior. He says, Mary calls her by name. She hears and she turns. And look at what she does. The text gives us a biblical response, and I'm coming down. She says to him, Rabboni. Yeah. Right? That's the Aramaic term for my master, my teacher. She responds to his tenderness with her own, yes, um, action word of love. My teacher. It is you. When you turn, you can hear things and see things that God's trying to tell you. We've looked at Mary's situation. We've looked at Mary's Savior. I'm letting the plane now when I show you Mary's salutation. The Bible says that when she turned and she called out to him, Brother Johnny, she grabbed him. She grabbed him. No, y'all didn't get it. She, she grabbed him. Y'all with me? And he held she up. She had on some night Jesus had to say, Mary, hey, Mary, don't cling to me. Why? Because I have not yet ascended, girl, to my father. But I need you to go. Y'all see it now? And tell the brothers I'm going to my father and their father, to my God and their God. Now, when I first read this, I said, Jesus, that's cold. <laughs> Sister been there all night, right? Went to the tomb early to help you. You talking about don't cling to me. And then I saw it from another perspective. She was holding so tight, she wasn't going to ever let him go. Now, that's not bad. That's good. Except for two or three things. Jesus had an assignment for her to do. And she couldn't cling at the grave and go do what he needed her to do. I thought somebody would get excited. See, he had a whole slew of brothers who needed to see him too. But Mary holding so tight when nobody else going to get to see him. So he said, Mary, I got to go check in with daddy. And you got to go and tell the boy. Second thing, the reason why I say this is because this one's going to be her last time seeing him. There was going to be some more moments where she got to be in his presence. I just dropped something right there. The relationship was not done. This is an eternal relationship. She was clinging on like, like he's going to leave again. No, Mary, that, that only happened one time. And he already told you I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And say some more. The third thing he says to her in this text of why he says don't cling, and I mentioned it earlier, is that Jesus wants her now to become the messenger for those who are experiencing what she experienced. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, somebody help me. 
I mean, Chucky, she was discouraged. She was doubting. She was depressed. But now that he fixed her situation, he needs her now to become that witness to those other men who are experiencing the same thing. Don't cling, Mary. You go and give them what I have gave you. I wrote myself a note here, Sister Wilson, love of my life. When Jesus reveals himself to me, to you, to all of us, the first thing we should do is go and testify. I need to say that again for the people in the back. When he show up in your crisis and he fix it, don't tweet about it. Don't run to uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Go, go tell somebody what God has done. That's why he did it. Go in here. He wants others to be encouraged. Well, I'm on my way down. But I like the text because the Bible said that when God told her, go tell the brothers, Mary ran. That denotes urgency. That denotes I got someplace to be. She ran again. Don't forget this. To the brothers. Brother Preachers, this wasn't the first time she came to give Reverend Nam a message. First time she went and gave it to him, they didn't respond. I'm so glad God is grateful with the preacher. Sometimes he got to talk to us more than he talk to you. Y'all catch that on the way home. She ran again to the brothers, right? But this time, she brought good news. Last time she was there, she said, somebody stole a body, y'all get over here. Bad news. But this time she runs. She got good news. She ran to the brothers again, but this time she had a word from the Lord. She ran again to the brothers, but now her speech was different. Her smile was back. Uh, her joy had come again. Because being in his presence makes all the difference in the world. Mary ran to the brothers again because now he was back from the dead. She ran to the brothers again. Why? Because she knew he died at Calvary. She knew he was buried in the borrowed tomb. And she knew now that it's early Sunday morning. He got up. And so she had to run to the brothers again. I wrote myself a now no feelings. She ran now because this joy that she had, the world didn't give it to her. And the world couldn't take it away. I just might preach a little bit. Mary ran to the brothers again because death had lost its sting. Mary ran to the brothers again because the good news had to be told to somebody who needed some good news. Well, thank you, my brothers and my sisters. I'm glad that Mary had her moment with the master. I'm glad that she went to tell the brothers all that Jesus told her to say. And all of us on this resurrection morning should be just like our sister Mary and do our part 
to talk to a discouraging world. We ought to run and tell somebody that the Lord wants to meet with you. Now our challenge is going to be we can't run in fear. We can't run with racism on our hearts. We can't run with issues before us. Are you with me here? This ain't about social justice. It's about biblical justice. We got to run with the good news. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was blind, but now I see. I met the master on the Damascus road. Come and see the man who told me everything about me. We got to run with good news to change this culture. We got to count it a privilege to be a witness on earth and to be used by the Lord. Well, as I leave you, I found a story, Reverend Tom, that I think uh, you might be interested in. D.L. Moody, one of my favorite authors, once told a story. He said there was a young soldier who enlisted in the United States Cavalry. And the first night in his regiment, inside of his barracks, the other soldiers were in there drinking, gambling, playing cards, and cussing. And he got ready to go to bed. He knelt down, Sister Billings, on the side of his bed to pray. And when he started praying, the soldiers in the regiment got mad. They started throwing things at him, cussing at him, making fun of him. So the next night, he did it again. And this time, they were turned up even more. So he went and he got a hold of the chaplain. And he said, Brother Chaplain, I've got this problem in my barracks. Every time I pray, the men turn on me. And the chaplain said, well, son, they're enlisted men just like you. And if they don't want to see you pray, then maybe you need to just lay on your bed and pray in silence. The young soldier went back and never went to see the chaplain again. About six months had passed and the chaplain saw him in formation and pulled him out and said, hey, you're the young man I talked to. Did you take my advice? The young man said, well, for a chaplain, I, I did it for a night or two and I was so crushed. I felt like a whipped puppy. So I decided just to go back and pray anyway. And the chaplain said, well, how is that working for you? And the young man said, well, now we got a prayer meeting happening every night. Three men have been converted, and we're now praying for the whole regiment. Why did I say that? What we need today is some people who are going to be more like the young man and not like the chaplain. was more concerned with offending somebody. But we need some young soldiers that say, I'm going to pray until the situation changes. I'm not going to worry about you being offended. 
I'm going to pray until God does something. Can I get a witness right here? We need some more Christians that's not worried about being offended. That's not worried about being ashamed. But that's willing to pray until heaven moves. That's what the empty tomb is about. It ain't about you getting a tattoo with a fancy saying on it. It's about you doing something with what you know. And you know the tomb is empty. Then how about getting busy and telling somebody? I wish I had a witness here. We done got too cool with Easter. We done got too casual with the empty tomb. We done got too cool. We got everything else going today but a Jesus party. So we're going to help you today when you leave. We're going to give you a little bag. And in this bag is something sweet, something kind, and something generous. And we want you to find that person who is on the margins of society and bless that homeless person. Jesus is risen and he sent me to tell you he loves you and he wants to meet with you. It's time, new beginnings. I said it. Can I put my weight on it? It's time, new beginnings, for the believers to stand up and tell the world about a risen Savior. Look at somebody good looking and tell them no more excuses. We're going to help you to be the best witness that Christ has called you to be. Be like Mary. Run and tell them again. He's alive, and he wants to meet with you. Bow your head with me for a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for Mary's moment with the Master. Thank you for what you're teaching us. Thank you for giving us another day and another opportunity to run and tell the world how good you've been. We need you now. Somebody is struggling like Mary was. The world and the crisis is upon them and they can't hear what you're saying. Open their eyes today. Draw them into that, that special place. Somebody is like the disciples. They've run away for fear and lost their purpose, their plan, their assignment. Draw them back. Would you use us today for your honor and your glory? In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand as Pastor Zuniga comes with an invitation to discipleship? To invite you to an intimate personal relationship with Christ. To invite you to be an active member in your local church. To join God in what he's doing in the earth. Praise team, would you come and join us? Brother Preachers, down front.